What is going on, Bills Mafia? What is going on? Welcome into the Overreaction Bills Podcast, brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Fanatics Podcast Network. I'm your host, the voice of the Overreaction Podcast, Joe Miller, and you can find me on Twitter, as always, at Joe Miller Wired. And as I always like to start this show, whether this podcast finds you around a cup of coffee, driving to work, in the commute, the traffic, if you will, or it finds you at the gym with your AirPods in, let me just first of all say thank you and welcome into the show. I don't know how to feel, Bills Mafia. It's a bad Wednesday. It's going to be a bad Wednesday. It's it's weird to, to have the bad Monday feeling on Wednesday, the bad Bills Monday feeling. You know what I'm talking about? Like, that th- those games where the Bills just get outworked and outmuscled, you know, you're you're talking about a football game where it's in prime time against a team that that has had COVID issues and is basically the scourge and the laughing stock of the NFL. They've got players hurt. They've they've not been able to practice. They got like one practice in, which was a walkthrough, and then something else. You know, you expect them to be completely out of sync. You expect them to be completely rusty. You expect them to basically almost trip and fall all over the, themselves a game where the bills you know you feel should have come in and had just a ton of fun executing and throwing touchdowns all over the field running the ball up and down the field against the league's worst rush defense it should have been the bills it, sh- it should have been Josh Allen bouncing around the field with a big giant smile on his face but instead I'm gonna have nightmares of that Tannehill kid even in the few mistakes that they made, it was a funny situation for them because of how well everything was going in that football game. Nightmares I'm going to have. Instead of all of that, the Buffalo Bills go to Tennessee and they get punched in the face over and over and over again. Not only by the Titans, not only by themselves, but also by the referees once again. I don't know how to feel. I'm mad, I'm numb, I'm a little embarrassed. And there's a and there's a great deal of understanding inside of all of this crazy crap that we're going to talk about for the next 45 minutes or so that you know what it's one game. And does it really matter? No. The Bills were not going to go undefeated. And as friend of the show Bruce Nolan says, you know, you're going to win games, you're going to lose games and the way you lose games doesn't necessarily, or, or losing games, I should say, doesn't necessarily determine, you know, what your future is, but how you lose games can. And I would venture to guess that even in his report of this football game, he, he would tell you that this was not a normal beatdown. But I think we have justified reason to be upset. Is that the word we're we're gonna use? I don't know. No, I don't. Mad, pissed off. Like, I'm gonna read your tweet shortly. <laughs> There's a lot of swear words in it. This is one of those nights that I wish I was a guy who drank heavily. Let's put it that way. Is that probably the best way to sum that up? Tonight is one of those nights, or I should say, when I recorded this podcast, is one of those times when I wish I drank heavily, <laughs> but I don't. Real quick before we move on. You're listening to the Overreaction Bills podcast 
on the Buffalo Fanatics Network. And there's a change, a little bit, a little bit of, cha- of a change that we're in process of here at uh, Buffalo Fanatics. So prior to recently, I should say even last week, prior to last week, what would happen was is if you were going to go find this podcast or any one of the podcasts on the Buffalo Fanatics Network, you would navigate to the Buffalo Fanatics podcast page, and there you would find on Mondays my show, on Tuesdays the bot show, on Wednesdays, Code of Conduct on Thursdays, The Basement, the NFL Basement on Fridays, Nap. On Saturdays, uh, you know, you would find at that point Casey read him, Casey's Read him and Weep Show. Well, what we've done is we've made some changes. We are no longer on, or we're not going to be very soon, on one podcast channel. So what I need you to do is, for however you found this podcast, if you followed the link, uh, if you searched it uh, in 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 iTunes or you searched it on Spotify or Google Play, go in and, and subscribe to the podcast. I have my own RSS feed is what I'm trying to tell you. What I, what I need you to know is we're going to be pulling the plug at some point on that Buffalo Fanatics uh, RSS feed that has all of the shows on it. So everybody's getting their own RSS platform, which is really cool because it's going to allow us to differentiate ourselves and grow our podcasts. It'll be fun. Not to mention the fact that if you want to subscribe to the Code of Conduct or you want to subscribe to bots, but you don't want to subscribe to me, you can now do that. If you want to subscribe to me, but you don't want to subscribe to, I don't know, pick one, Nap, well, you can do that now. Now it's not a matter of subscribing and getting all of it. Now you can subscribe individually, which is clutch. That's pretty good. So take care of that for me. Back to what we got to talk about and what is, you know, the the pit that is in the middle of our gut, um, even still on this Wednesday morning or whenever it is you're tuning into this podcast. The Buffalo Bills came into Tennessee, clearly the favorite. I don't think I saw a single person anywhere in the media pick the Titans over the Bills. I went into into this game feeling extremely confident was the word that I used, which I had also prefaced by saying that it was something that I was not used to feeling going into football games against good football teams. It wasn't the the fact that they had COVID situations. It wasn't the fact that they hadn't practiced in 16 days. It was more about the fact that I was confident in the Bills' ability to go in and beat teams, beat good teams, great teams, beat good teams. I was beginning to feel that the Bills were turning into one of those great teams that can beat good teams. I'm not going to lie, I was also looking forward a little bit to being able to say that we were the number one team in the AFC. And then going into Kansas City and really kind of seeing what was going to happen in that game. But the Buffalo Bills went into Nashville, Tennessee, a city that I love, been there many times, and they got beaten in every single phase of the game. Embarrassingly beaten in every single phase of the game almost like they didn't want to be there at all you know there was a lot of reports and rumors and people speculating that the reason that Trey wasn't playing with this quote-unquote mystery back uh back thing that he had that popped up injury which more than likely you know I think Trey made the trip so you know the reality is is you know he probably is hurt so but we were all speculating and people said stuff and I asked the question too is you know with with Trey's concerns over COVID is this a situation where he's effectively just not wanting to go and put his his health and his family's health in danger. Dare I say that that whole entire football team looked like they had no desire to be there. Yeah, but Joe, Joe, you need to slow down because the NFL really kind of screwed him, and they did. 
But Joe, I, you know, even, we know that the NFL screwed them because the Tennessee Titans had 16 days to study the Bills, to work on the Bills, to watch film on the Bills, to prepare for the Bills. Meanwhile, the Buffalo Bills, this past five days, have been preparing for two football teams. Because if I need remind you, the original plan that was given to the Buffalo Bills and the Pagulas and Bills Mafia was if the Titans between Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, or Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, get one more COVID case, that the game on Tuesday would be off and the Bills would play the Chiefs on Thursday. And that didn't happen. The Titans did, in fact, have another COVID case, which should have meant that the Bills were preparing for the Chiefs on Thursday, which there's a good chance that they had spent more time preparing for the Chiefs than they even did for the Titans out of expectation from everything that we had seen and gleaned that the Titans were going to have more COVID cases, and they did. And what did the NFL do? They pulled a fast one on them. And don't think for one second that rhythm and routine doesn't matter. Now, even as I say that, Joe, clearly rhythm and routine didn't matter for the Titans. They hadn't done anything football-related for almost 16 days. And they came out and stomped a mud hole in the Buffalo Bills. It's true. Again, I'll say it. I don't don't think for one second the Buffalo Bills wanted to be in Tennessee for that football game. And that might hurt some players' feelings. I know that this is what they do and this is what they do for a living, but sometimes this happens. But that team did not look, even well, not the whole team. The offense didn't look anything remotely close to what the offense has looked like all season. The defense showed a lot of signs of what it looked like. We'll get into it. But even though the rushing defense, you know, if there's a, but Joe, the rush defense was actually pretty good. Like the rush defense, like, you know, they held Derrick Henry. Well, and we'll get to the stats in a second. But they held Derrick Henry down. Like, you're right, they did except for the fact that every time the Titans needed a specific run play to convert, they got it. So as much as Derrick Henry didn't come away with 106 yards or whatever his average is, he got every single run that he needed to get. They got beaten, period. Up and down the field, beaten. Both sides of the ball, even special teams. Andre Roberts, of all people. Everybody's allowed to have a bad game. Andre Roberts had his worst game as a Buffalo Bill. And I still love Andre Roberts, Roberts. So don't don't come at me with the, we need to cut him t- stuff. So you can just shut that down, knock that stuff off before we even get there. But I'm legit going to see Ryan Tannehill's smiling face in my nightmares until the Bills win again. Legit. And you know what I'm talking about. You saw the inside of his face mask, the inside of his helmet every time. The camera shined on him. Big old smile on his face. Even when he threw an incomplete pass, big old smile on his face. Why? He knew it. He knew early in that game they had the Bills on the ropes. Early in that football game they had the Bills on the ropes. They, I, There's not many times you see a team dictate in every phase of the game the way that the Titans dictated to the Bills. And that is not the Sean McDermott football team we have come to know and love. The story of this game, if I could give you a story, is literally this. The story of this game was the Darius Butler interception return. 
Josh Allen threw a bad pick. He threw two interceptions in this game. One of them was not his fault. One of them went off under Robert's arm. Maybe he could have placed the ball better, and Josh owned up to it, whatever, in his po- post-game press conference. But the reality is, is if, you know, if, if it hits you in the arm, you should be able to catch the football. But again, Andre Roberts is not exactly the guy that's on the field as much as some of the other guys. And John Brown was hurt in this football game. But that pick by Butler, horribly thrown football, bad decision by Josh Allen, which we have not seen a lot of. Keep in mind, Josh Allen is throwing the ball a lot. He's not making very many mistakes. And he had some incredible throws in this football game. But the story of this game is is Butler's effort on that return refused to go down. It was completely clear that Butler wanted to win on that play. And the Titans team wanted to win that game as bad as Butler wanted to win on that play. That was, for me, the story of the football game. That and the play that doesn't exist, but we're going to watch it for the next who knows how long, which is Derrick Henry, angry run trucking, Josh Norman. It's going to win. Angry runs is, is it was moved to Wednesday. It's going to win, even though it wasn't a play that is going to make it into the history books. The play didn't, quote unquote, happen, but it happened. Let's talk stats real quick. I'm just going to give you the stats real quick. In this football game, Josh Allen was 26 of 41 for 63% completions, 263 yards, two touchdowns, one to McKenzie, one to TJ Yeldon in the back of the end zone. The two interceptions, one of them was a bad pick. One was not his fault. One was a bad, bad pick. Yeldon actually was your leading rusher, seven attempts for 52 yards. He had the one long run at the end of the game for 34 yards, the handoff from Matt Barkley. Singletary, 11 for 25 yards. <laughs> he averaged 2, 2.2 yards a carry, maybe. I don't even know. Josh Allen was 4 of 18. Stephon Diggs, and it was obvious that Josh Allen was going to force the ball in that first half specifically to Josh or to Stephon Diggs no matter what. Double coverage, triple coverage, he was forcing the ball. And the, the ball that got picked off – he was it was it was a bad pass like it was a bad decision and a bad pass to to Stephon Diggs uh the bad one but but Diggs was uh, 10 receptions for 106 yards Gabe Davis 5 for 58 and he had that beautiful catch in that end zone that, that got wiped off the board on the phantom illegal shift penalty that even the, the announcers that were clearly pro Titans were like uh sorry didn't see any <laughs> illegal shift there Mr. Referee Cole Beasley who came to life in the second half was 6 of 53 Yeldon, one for 22, the touchdown. Andre Roberts, one to 16, blah, 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 blah. Does the rest matter? No. He did get it around a lot, just so you know. I, I mean, he had uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine guys targeted in this football game. Josh Allen did. A game without John Brown. Ryan Tannehill on the day. Just very effective, very businesslike. 21 to 28 for 195 yards, three touchdowns. Derrick Henry was 19 attempts for 57 yards, held in check pretty much all day outside of the two touchdowns, and like I said, pretty much converting every single time they needed a big run, he got it. Tannehill rushed four times for 42 yards with a touchdown. Nichols kid, nine times for 28 yards. A.J. Brown, I don't want to say he was unstoppable, but he was he was tough to, for, for Josh Norman and everybody else to handle. Seven receptions for 82 yards and a touchdown. Scored on that big double move on Josh Norman that Josh Norman got that he totally bit on. Janu Smith, 5 for 42 touchdowns. Raymond, 2 for 26 and blah, blah, blah. For Fersker, I don't know who that guy is. For, for, whatever, whatever his name is, but you know what I'm saying. 
But by and large, I don't think that this that this offense played super bad. Like, I don't think this offense played super poor. I, I don't know that they were necessarily the offense that we've seen all season. They they clearly weren't executing at the elite level that they had been executing in the defense. I don't want to say confused Josh Allen. Josh said in his postgame presser that he was not confused by anything necessarily that they were doing. I think he said he got confused once or twice. It was really no big deal. But even if you look at what they did, I mean, they they didn't play super duper bad. It wasn't like the offense didn't show up. But Josh Allen throws the interception off of Andre Roberts early, pretty much to start the game. And the Bills are, you know, they've got they've got they're they're in it. They have got adversity quick because you know they the Titans immediately scored right. And Josh looked unsettled early in that football game through the through the almost the whole first half. He looked very unsettled, forced like I said a lot of passes. And here's the thing. The Buffalo Bills desperately, desperately on offense need a between-the-tackles running back. Devin Singletary is a special kid. Devin Singletary is a very, very special running back, catching the ball. He's elusive, uh, running the ball off tackle as far as like outside getting to the edges, making the first defender miss uh, with some misdirection stuff. You know, Yes, delayed handoff sometimes. He can get through the middle, but the reality is, is Devin Singletary is not a between-the-tackles running back. The Bills desperately desperately need a between the tackles between the tackles running back. Oh, by the way, Le'Veon Bell just became available. This is not me pounding the table table for Le'Veon Bell. I'm just letting you know that like a between the tackles guy is now out there. Maybe the bill, the bill should take a look with whatever is going on with Zach Moss. The bills need an, the bills need an up the middle blast it into your face running back. They don't have it. It showed tonight, and it hurt. Devin is just not that guy. Maybe maybe Moss is. Devin is not. It was a weird night on offense. Super weird. Taiwan Jones running routes, like on the, getting playing time. Obviously, we saw a lot of Andre Roberts in this game. Gilliam was get, was playing in this game. I don't know necessarily what the game plan was, but you know, it's weird to me to think that like John Brown being out, even if it wasn't necessarily expected. Or was that somehow that like it got a whole bunch of like, you know, maybe it's not what movie is it like? Maybe it's not time for everybody to play. Like maybe now is not the time for everybody to play. I mean, that's kind of how it felt. Like when Taiwan Jones was in the game, I was like, wait a second, what? And that stupid phantom shift. It was such a brilliant play. What a pass by Josh and what a catch by Gabe uh, Gabriel Davis that was that was taken off the board. Granted, it didn't matter. You know, the Bills scored anyway, but the first half was just, you know, it, it just the whole entire game. And the reality was, is like I went into the I went into the halftime, you know, telling myself it's a long game. It's a long game. And what I meant by that was like, surely, you know, Tennessee can't keep this pace up. Surely, I mean, everything they can't execute at this rate the whole time. Surely, you know, the, at some point in time, they're going to they're going to have a let up. A mistake is going to be made. You know, surely the Bills will find themselves. They, it's a long football game. Like if the Bills and Josh Allen have taught me anything in the last couple of years, it's a long football game. And this team does come to life, not usually in the third quarter, but they do come to life. That was one of the bright spots. The third quarter of this football game was actually not a bad quarter for this team. But going into the half, I was like, it's a long game, Joe. It's a long, just just hang on, Joe. It's a long game. It's a long game. Second half, 
we see Josh Allen come out. He actually is taking what the defense gives him. And, and by that, we mean Cole Beasley. Cole Beasley was widely projected to have a huge game. Their slot, uh, their slot cornerback was out, uh, obviously with John Brown being out and you know just who this defense is. And they're not traditionally, or this year, have not been very good against the pass, the Titans defense that is. Beasley <clears throat> was expected to have a great football game. What happens? They totally ignore him in the first half. And then, like, begin to find him in the second half and, like, you know, begin to work him, which was awesome. Yes, more of this, please. Where was this in the first half? It might be a different, not a, I want to say it might be a different football game, except for the fact that the defense was non-existent today in that game. That, that, the throw that Josh Allen made to, to TJ Yeldon in the back of the end zone was just an unbelievable all-world very, very few guys in the NFL, and like their names are Pat Mahomes, you know, formerly Jeff George, guys like that that just have cannon arms. It was funny too because if you watched the replay, the defensive back was totally uh, playing backyard football and, and baiting Josh Allen. Like, do you remember when you were a kid or when you were in high school and and you played backyard ball and and you let the dude that you were covering kind of like get a little a little bit of space because you knew you could catch up to him. And, and so you did, and then the quarterback thought he was open, and then, you, and then you broke on the ball and intercepted it. Like, that's literally what that defensive back did. The problem was, is when the ball came, all he saw or heard was the ball whistling by him. <laughs> like, he didn't even have a chance. There was no chance for him to get that football. It was a brilliant throw. But the reality is, is even on that drive, they just took too long to score. It's a three-possession game. They were down by, what was it, 18 points. Three possession game, and they just took. Go back to the Rams game, who were down by 25. They came out in that second half, and if I'm not mistaken, the Bills stopped them on their first drive in that Rams game. <clears throat> and when they got the ball back, they just began to like work the ball very fast paced, very up tempo. Like the like they were snapping the ball, you know, eight seconds into the counter. It was crazy. The Bills, I think, had like a nine minute drive in the third quarter, or whenever it was, whenever it happened. Fourth quarter. It was the fourth quarter. Like, what is going on? Penalty after penalty after penalty. And they're dumb penalties. Stephon Diggs, like, jumping, which causes Gabe Davis to jump. Darrell Williams, as the as the safety, runs down and, like, stomps his foot in front of him, jumps up and points at him. The dude wasn't offside, Darrell. Now you've gotten us five more yards. Or gotten, got, we have to go five more. And, and the Bills, Josh Allen and the Bills in the offense overcame a lot of that crap. They just, there was just a lack of focus in this football game. There was a lack of attention to detail. It was just simply out of character. It was simply out of character for what I would say is a Sean McDermott football team. And I would say it this way too, and a Brian Dable coached football team. This was out of character for a Brian Dable coached, led offensive football team. And the thing about this, this the thing about this team, this offense, the the most amazing part that maybe only mattered to me, the most amazing part that maybe only mattered to me in this football game was the uh, the bill. It was it was fourth and seven from the Titans' thirty-two yard line. Do you remember this play? It was they were on the thirty. No, I'm sorry, it was the thirty-seven yard line. It was fourth and seven from the thirty-seven yard line. It would have been a fifty, a little bit over a fifty-yard field goal. They took the they took the delay a game penalty, pushed him back five yards, and then punted the football. The reason that they did that, the Titans did that, 
is because they were afraid of Josh Allen and the Bills' offense. It was a risk-reward situation. The risk of missing that field goal was way too much to give the Bills that type of field position. Fourth and seven from the 37-yard line, the Titans take the penalty and they punt the football. The volumes that speaks and the, the flattery for your offense and what that team, the Titans, think of the Buffalo Bills offense is astounding. It was pretty amazing. But by and large, as I said, I don't I don't believe I saw I don't I don't believe I saw a team on offense that was they were out of sync. There was a lack of focus, like I said. There was a there was a there was a, some attention attention to detail issues. They beat themselves in a lot of ways and the refs didn't do them any favors, but that was not a completely piss poor you know outing from that offense. The defense, on the other hand. The Bills looked like everybody was saying it was all over Twitter. The announcers were saying it. They said it at halftime that the Bills looked like the team that had the COVID issues. The Bills looked like the team on defense that had all the COVID issues, right? You know it went through your mind because you got sick and tired of hearing AJ Feely talk about it the whole game. This Buffalo Bills defensive line is the highest paid defensive line in football. The Bills have more money wrapped up in that defensive line than any other team in the NFL. It's actually the most overpaid defensive line in all of football. I said it. And this is more than just, oh, but Joe, the Bills are missing Star Latulale. And like Star like gobbles up two defenders at a time, which allows some of these other guys. To, no, this, this defensive line is piss poor, bad. Right now, as it stands, the additions of Mario Addison and Vernon Butler have not replaced Jordan Phillips and Shaq Lawson. They have not. A.J. Epinesa looks like a lost kid out there. The head coach of your football team, after he made a stupid jump offsides penalty, like yanked his arm back, like a demonstrative move about one of his players that you never see McDermott make. Get him out of the game. This defensive line is is just not good. Ed Oliver, I don't know what's going on with Ed Oliver. I, you know, I've got mad respect for these guys. Like I love, I love who they are as players. I love Harrison Phillips. I know he's still recovering from an ACL. Jerry Hughes doesn't look like he's lost a step. He just sometimes looks looks like he's lost out there, running around, getting by his guy, and then like running to the middle of nowhere where the play isn't even at anymore. It's almost like he's like running upfield with his eyes closed. The, the issues this team has on defense, specifically in that defensive line, is way more than Starla Tulele not being there. Specifically when you consider the amount that Starla Tulele played last year, percentage of snaps-wise, and how great that defense was. The lack of pass rush from this front, if, if, you, if you haven't heard this before, I'm going to say it just for the kid in the back that hasn't been paying attention. What makes the McDermott defense work is, and he said it in his presser, the front four getting pressure on the quarterback. They don't. They didn't in this game. They didn't have a single sack. I think they've got 10 sacks on the year. And one of those was because uh, Jared Goff ran out of bounds behind the line of scrimmage. 
So they've actually got nine sacks, if you, technically. They have two interceptions five games into the season. Two. Why? Because there's no pressure getting on the quarterback. There's no pressure. They ran blitz after blitz after blitz. Not a single blitz got home. They were running run, rush blitzes, and the and the and the and the and the running back would just wait and then run by them. They're going to have to figure this thing out because it's making everybody else, every other position group, of which we're light and thin at cornerback, we're light and thin at, at linebacker. It's making every other position group suffer. And there's only so much Hyde and Poyer, who we all love, who is no doubt, we, we, we would argue it with our mom about the fact that they're one of the best, if not the best, safety tandem in the NFL. But there's nobody arguing that this defensive line is the best defensive line in the NFL. They got to figure something out. I don't know what the answer is. I'm not the smartest football guy in the world, but they've got to figure something out. And they've got to figure it out quick. Because, oh, by the way, the Chiefs are coming to town on Monday. And the schedule doesn't get, well, the Jet, it does get easier. The Jets are after that, who now don't have Le'Veon Bell anymore. But, it, you know, then you've got the Patriots and you've got, you know, there's a lot of good football teams left on the schedule to include the Miami Dolphins. I talked about the rush defense. Yes, they held they held Derrick Henry below his season average of 106 or whatever it is. But every single time they needed to convert, they converted on a, with a run. They've got to play de- they've got to play solid disciplined defense and they are not. They've had problems all season over pursuing. All season long, specifically Tremaine Edmonds over pursuing all season long. They've got to play solid defense, solid disciplined defense. And here's the thing. They did not play it in this game. And and the truth be told outside of one half against the Raiders, they haven't done it at all this year. They haven't done it at all. Last year, there was a lot of conversation and a lot of talk about Brian Dable. If he didn't straighten up his game and if he had a, you know, if, he, if, if things didn't go well, that the Bills should let him go. And there's a lot of us, including me, that felt like Brian Dable should have been fired at the end of last season. There's a lot of talk about it, a lot of controversy amongst just Twitter people and social media people and radio people and podcast people. And there were people in the Dable camp and people out of the Dable camp. I was one of the guys that felt that Dable needed to get to get let go. I thought he was the one that was having more of the problems. I was wrong. Totally wrong about Brian Dable. Brian Dable has done a magnificent job this year. Magnificent, and it's probably going to get him rewarded with a head coaching football job at the end of the season. But I'm literally inching closer and closer with, is it time to let Leslie Frazier go? Is it time to let Leslie Frazier go? Because this defense is not getting better. They're getting worse. Outside of, again, one half, second half of a Raiders game. They've got to find answers. They've got to find accountability. They need to do it fast. They've got the talent, we think, in that room. This is not the side of the football we thought that we were going to have problems with. I haven't even looked it up, but I don't even know what they're, what. Let me look it up. Hang on a second. Okay, one of the rare moments where I actually stopped recording and came back. The Bills are currently giving up 28.4 points per game. 
If you just said wow and your jaw dropped, it should have 28.4 points per game. Coming into this game, the Bills were averaging 31 points a game on offense. This defense is way better than this. We know it. We saw it last year. There's a problem. I don't know what the problem is. I'm not that smart. But I'm not dumb enough to not know there's a problem. Yes, this is one game. That's what we talked about. It's one game. You know what, Joe? It's one game. You're right. It's one game. The Bills were not going to be undefeated, but if they do not figure out what's going on with this defense soon, one game is going to turn into two games. And two games could turn into potentially more. And the reality is, is this defense needs to be firing on all cylinders when the end of the season comes, specifically the playoffs. If we're going to accomplish what it is that we believe this team can accomplish. The last thing that I want to talk about before I get to your tweets, I'm going to read your tweets here and there. I've got a lot of them. You guys were emotional and I love it. There's a lot of people that are going to believe that this was a step back game for Allen. I don't believe it was. His numbers don't say that. The way he played doesn't say that. He threw one bad interception. He made one really bad decision. Yes, there was a couple balls that were quote unquote turnover worthy that got dropped. Not anywhere, anywhere as near as bad as the one the first pass Matt Barkley threw right into Jadavian Clowney's hands that got dropped. But I, I do not believe for a second that this was a Josh Allen step back game. I don't think so. This was a this was a and and the entire team just played bad and wanted to get back on the plane as fast as they could. They went down there to handle their business and they didn't. They went down there to handle their business, and they didn't. That's literally what it came down to for me. I'm going to take a quick break, and when I come back, I'm going to read your tweets. Please stick around. You were listening to the Overreaction Bills podcast on, or I should say brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Fanatics podcast network. I'm your host, Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. I will be back in right about a minute. Hello, this is real estate broker John Spasjack with Keller Williams, better known as the market dominator. You know, today's real estate market is as hot as it has ever been. So if you are looking to sell your home, chances are it will sell fast. But the real question is, will you be able to sell it for the right price? Folks, I have just developed some very unique marketing strategies with the effective use of AI artificial intelligence that help bring the highest paying buyers to the table so that you don't leave any cash behind. You can reach me at 716-570-3298. And if you are on the buying side, you will likely find yourself in multiple offer situations. You will need unique strategies in order to win in this highly competitive market. I have developed some strategies that are out of the box. I can't share them all with you on this ad, but if you call me at 716-570-3298 or shoot me an email at youreliteBroker at gmail.com or hit me up at Twitter at youreliteBroker, I can give you everything you need to win in this market, just as our Buffalo Bills are going to do it 
Go Bills! Welcome back, everybody, to the Overreaction Bills podcast, brought to you by the Market Dominator on the Buffalo Fanatics Podcast Network. Again, I'm your host, the voice of the Overreaction Podcast, Joe Miller. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Miller Wired. So, I'm about to read your tweets, and here's the thing. So, first of all, let me apologize. There were several of you that were upset with me because last week in the late game against the Raiders, I did not do the whole the this I did not do this part. And I apologize. I didn't realize I thought with the game being so late and the game ended at seven, I usually wait about a half hour, 45 minutes, then I put the tweet out, then I re- record the show, like when it's a one o'clock game. All of it takes a little bit of time, and I just assume that like nobody would probably be super connected to it and Lo and behold, when I did not, (laughs) I was caught on Sunday night. Like literally people were texting me like, hey, where's the tweet? I want to tell you how I feel. So I apologize to all of you that that wanted to to vent last week or at least tell me how excited you were or tell the world how excited you were about the Bills. I apologize that I robbed you of that opportunity. I promise I will not do that again. So I've got a whole bunch of these and I've kind of hosed myself already in that I deleted the original tweet. (laughs) Not very smart, Joe Miller. I deleted the original tweet. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I'm going to do the best I can to get through these. If I miss yours, I apologize. But I'm going to do these. These are first reads for me. I have not read these. Um, so, yeah, you're going to get them fresh. So Michael Willoughby at Mike Stroh 20. This was an off game for the Bills. It was a week of the unexpected, and they were due for a bad outing. Start, prepare, uh, start preparing uh, for the tilt against the Chiefs. I agree. At this point in time, you, the, the, the best thing they can do, they need to look around that, that locker room. Uh, and they need to figure out, you know, there's some accountability stuff that has to get taken care of. They got to get some things fixed. But yes, they need to look to the Chiefs. We're on to the Chiefs, basically. Andrew Goff at AJ Goff 1286. Good luck with that effing BS. <laughs> I cleaned that up for radio in case your kids are listening. Uh, he then replied to himself, sorry, that game was putrid. Andrew, you are not talking. Yeah, that's exactly right. Primetime Hanover, four and one. Uh, at Joey Hanover, like dog crap. I'm drunk. I have to work tomorrow. The defense let everything by them. Absolute dog crap. And again, I am censoring these tweets. <laughs> Jason Crandall, uh, I'm God's hand. Uh, at I'm God's hand. It seems like half the players were there just to collect their game check. It definitely, you know, I, I kind of covered it. It seemed like the, the by and large, the players did not necessarily want to be there. Uh, just, just Jesse says, at JTT, 81 defense 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 WTF happened to our number two ranked defense Jesse I think that's what we're all asking right now my dude we all just want to know where our top three defense went where did our because it definitely did not opt out when Star Latulale opted out you can't tell me that our our, our top three NFL defense that when Star Latulale opted out that the defense opted out with it there's something else there's a structure there's something else going wrong inside of that defensive philosophy, the way they're calling, what they're playing. They're maybe staying in nickel too long. I don't know what it is. Yes, they've got some guys hurt. Trey clearly wasn't playing in this game. Milano clearly wasn't playing in this football game. Uh, as much as Levi Wallace is not my favorite Buffalo Bill, he wasn't playing in this football game. Cam Lewis, I thought actually played okay. You know, I didn't get to see, I didn't see him get burnt a whole lot. Teron Johnson didn't play okay. But Cam Lewis did. Uh, TTP underscore Charlie at Charlie underscore gross underscore. The Bills beat themselves. Not sure the process calls for undisciplined play. Too many penalties. Too many drop passes. That was another thing that resurfaced I haven't even talked about. 
the dropped it was circa 19 uh, uh, 20 2019 like literally the amount of drop balls it was crazy how many people were dropping putt passes in that football game too many drop passes and the bills have a serious pass rush problem Corey Bohorquez to the Pro Bowl though <laughs> for those of you that don't know I've got a uh uh, I've got a running thing going with uh, my buddy Jay Spence, uh, my co-host from the Humpty Hotline, that if Bohorquez finishes the season well and actually plays the way that he's been playing, then I have to buy a Corey Bohorquez jersey. And at this rate, uh, a quarter of the way, a little over a quarter of the way through the season, it looks like I'm going to be wearing a number number nine relatively soon. Iowa Bills at uh, Ian Sawyer. I-A-N Sawyer, S-A-W-Y-E-R. Just a bad night onto the Chiefs. And that's probably the best outlook we can have as much as we've spent the last 39 minutes overreacting. Andrew Goff at AJ Goff, 1286. Sorry, that game. Oh, that was his reply. Don't listen to me. Like I said, I deleted the, the original tweet, so I'm having I'm struggling a little bit. Buddy Mills at Buddy Mills underscore E-I-T. Allen played his worst game and was still decent. So that's encouraging. And I think that's what's interesting, Buddy, is the fact that like Allen's numbers, he was 63%, right? 268 yards, two touchdowns, one interception was really his fault. He looked a little rattled. He looked a little shaky. He looked he looked a little bit like 2018, 2019 Josh Allen, like things weren't necessarily coming together for him. But it wasn't it wasn't an embarrassing performance by Josh Allen. He still had some brilliant Josh Allen throws. Uh, so like you said, that's encouraging. But the team was exposed. The de- the defense is as bad as feared and we can't run the ball. Time to dial back expectations. I don't know that I'm there yet. Give me a couple more games, but you might be right. Cappy99 underscore David Capella one. Well, injuries aside, the defense has not looked good all season, and it really showed tonight. Our inability to run effectively has made us one-dimensional off- offensively. Le'Veon may be an option to consider, and the D the D line has to play better. Cappy, you might as well host this show because you lit- literally hit all of my points, like on the nose. Nick uh, Blavsky at uh, at N B L O V S at N Blobs. If the Bills lost this bad and get the vid, I think that's the virus, the COVID. I'm going to need mental help going going forward. That was another thing. So that was so- I just dropped my phone on the desk. Sorry. That was another thing. The players were not supposed to shake hands after this football game. Going back to the whole Tom Brady ran off the field because of precautions and la, 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 la. And he's really a nice guy. And he really does like respect the other other players. He's not being a big baby because he lost again to Nick Foles. There was a mandate that came out that teams were not supposed to meet at midfield. Right in the middle of the frame, Josh Allen, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill, hugging, talking in each other's ears, spitting in each other's ears. I'm with you, dude. If they come down with the COVID, <laughs> I'm going to need mental help too. Bailey at Allen Diggs. Pain, period. Just pain. Scott uh, Quintern at uh, Quintern Scott. Frustrated. Don't need to say much more than that. Ryan says uh, at in one word or less offense, please catch the ball. Defense, please tackle lower. Andre Roberts, please don't touch the ball. <laughs> we need White Brown and Milano. And it's true. Jessica Bray at Jess Bray. Really, really bad. I like the short ones. They actually make this go quicker. Nick Outerson at N Outerson. Felt like Lex, Rex Ryan came in for a guest coaching appearance, judging by how, how prepared they were. That is that is an elite level tweet right there. That's an elite level overreaction. Jacob at J. This is good. Chizrap. So at J-C-H-R-I-Z-Z-A-P. I feel like we need to give Lorenzo a call. I, I, you know, there's been a lot of speculations. Jay Spence interviewed him, and he said he's going to be ready. Um, people are saying that he's not going to be ready till the end of the season, but they need him now. 
The problem is Epinesa is wearing his number, and it would be really weird to see him running around in a different number. I feel like we need to give Lorenzo a call. I feel like we need a defense-heavy draft. They're definitely going cornerback and linebacker in this in the next draft. I can promise you that. They're going cornerback and linebacker. I don't know which one's first, which one's second, but they're definitely going cornerback and linebacker. I feel like John Brown is a way more important piece for that offense than most realize you would be right. Ryan Crapo. Uh, at Ryan C uh, one five three, it might be Crapo. Ryan Crapo at Ryan C one five three. Team seemed like they either didn't want to play or weren't expecting to. We were lackadaisical and sloppy uh, till the till the drive in the third uh, third third of the fourth. That was the long drive I was talking about with the yelled and TD at the end. Uh, but it shouldn't have been that way since the beginning. He's right. Michael Splawn. Uh, pissed during the game NFL and the announcers acting like the Titans were the victim in all this no one spoke of the rules they broke regarding COVID the illegal workouts and how unfair it was to make the Bills game plan for two teams just focus on KC now we're four and one thumbs up TJ Rala 21 at T Rilla 21 defense was exposed to the max it's a good thing Bean will have to wheel and deal to truly compete in the long run it can be done a lot of good comments. A lot of good comments. Annalisa at Annalisa underscore D-I-B. Not knowing when, if this game was going to be played, not knowing when the Chiefs game was going to be played, prepping for both and playing on a Tuesday. Off night for the Bills. Titans had a lot of rest. We'll bounce back. Just can't let this happen again. Love it, Annalisa. Thank you. Mrs. Munty at Mrs. Munty. Not good, Dan. <laughs> I don't know what that means. <laughs> uh... William Danley actually, or Delaney actually replied uh, to her, and he just he gave us the Obama profoundly regret what happened tweet, which was funny. Walks at TJ Walks. Okay, how about the late TD after the fumble? Please, baby JC, let us see these clowns again. So I think he's like wanting to cue it up. Andrew Miller underscore M I L M I L L O C I G A R I L L O. I apologize. So it's Mill. I, yeah, I can't pronounce it, bro. Our ends are a joke. Three of them at least, 30 years old, and got washed down the game. Wow. There's definitely a problem with either the game planning or the way that we're using them or with the talent at this point in time, I would agree. Bills Backers St. Pete. I used to live in St. Petersburg, Florida. At Bills Backers St. Pete. Welcome to the show, guys. Just bad all around. Defense looked like they've never played together and couldn't tackle if their lives depended on it. Josh looked jumpy. Andre Roberts was the best player for the Titans, undisciplined on all sides of the football. Scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. Uh, Bravo SSG at Bravo SSG. He feels that Ed Oliver is a bum. <laughs> Shortened to the point. The Buffalo defendant at defendant. I think we have to look at the coaching staff with the whole team looking so bad. We have a defensive mastermind at head coach, and our defense still looks terrible five weeks in. I was just saying this. I agree. Uh, we also saw a couple glimpses of the 2018-2019 Josh Allen, and I didn't like it. I am, Dude, we are all on point together. Dan Moore underscore FMC Kaiser. Uh, he actually tweeted me a shot, I believe, from his dad, a screenshot, of which the, text, the texting went like this. Every player, when the plane lands in Buffalo, needs to be taken to the stadium, line them up across the goal line, and run 100-yard sprints until every one of them pukes their guts out. I didn't see the first half, but they all sucked in the second half, except Beasley, to which he responded to his dad. Beasley gets to watch the first three sprints, then he joins them because it's a team. <laughs> oh, that's good. So... 
uh, Dumb Dago at JFPJRS. Did Jerry Hughes play tonight? How badly do we miss Latule? AJ Epines is not good. Milano White sorely missed. Josh Norman did not rise to the occasion. Man, you guys are all over it tonight. Fire in Fuego. Josh uh, Nagurzis at NY Rageous. So that was awful on every level. I agree. I agree. My good man, Dave Thorpe, at Saxon Dave, trying hard not to overreact. We were awful. Once defense and special teams, or offense, defense, sorry, offense, defense, special teams all sucked. 2019 offensive mistakes returned, uh, dropped passes, hurt Josh. Uh, Josh didn't settle, despite mostly decent protection, and he did. He did have very good protection tonight. Our D was AWOL almost all game. We need to redeem ourselves against the Chiefs. And then he followed it up with, in his own defense, in Dave's defense, he's on the he's in Europe, by the way. I stayed up until... Uh, I stayed up until 3 a.m. to watch this football game, so I think that was quite a reserved overreaction, all things considered. I loved it, Dave. Thank you. Garrett Johnson at Garrett underscore J19. A lot of very important players out hurt in a big way, but doesn't excuse the poor execution. Need to ho- need to hope they get the bad game out of the way, or they got the bad game out of the way. Big game next week, and we and we need to get healthy. Get Feliciano on the field. I think this offense is going to look completely different with Feliciano on the football field. I totally agree. At uh, Laura Crandall, welcome to the show. At Laura Crandall, 72. It was dis- it was a disappointing night. Bills had some bad plays. The Titans have had 16 days of rest. The whole yo-yo mind, uh, mind game of if we are playing certainly had a lot to do with it. I agree. Off night, we got this, Bills Mafia. Trust the process. Storm and Norman, Josh Allen, 17. Um, <laughs> this is funny. Salvador Espinoza at L uh, pinch Sal. Uh, he just says, F you don't talk to me. Laugh out loud. <laughs> I apologize. I'm trying to let you get, I'm trying to let you vent. We're almost done guys. We're almost done here. Shane Falco. Welcome into the show. I'd like to have Shane. If you, if you can dress up or get suited up and, uh, you've got miles and miles of heart suit up. We need a, we need a backup quarterback in this town. Shane Falco at, uh, Lapati, uh, L O P A T I. I want to know how much practice the Titans were getting in. Can't believe that game. It definitely looked like they were a little more ready to play uh, than they should have been. Doug at Doug Foltz. Rest? Question mark. How about no practice? Glass half empty, or half full or half empty? Go Titans. Doug is a Titans fan. Uh, Dennis Alexander at Goaltender33 just gave me the thumbs down. And the last one for tonight, C-Dub at Chris Wells, 73. Encouraged. Bills are 4-1, and one, leading the AFC East. Big Monday night game coming up. Just need to get players healthy and get back to work. Ladies and gentlemen, those were your tweets, your overreactions from that football game that uh, had the Tennessee Titans beating the Buffalo Bills on a very rare, I think the second time in 70 years, they said, a Tuesday night football, NFL football edition uh, of the Buffalo Bills playing the Tennessee Titans. Uh, thank you guys so much for just being a part of the show. Uh, I want to I mention again, if you are listening to this show, if you're listening to this show right now, uh, follow however you found it, whether you did the search window on your app or uh, you followed a link. Subscribe to the show, rate it, retweet it, tell your friends about it, review it, do all that kind of stuff. Uh, let's get some growth up in this thing. Basically, I need it. So I need you guys to help me. And I don't want you to lose track of me and lose track of this show when we pull the plug on the Buffalo Fanatics Podcast Network uh, RSS feed that currently houses all of the shows. So do me a favor, find it uh, in your in your podcast player, the Overreaction Bills Podcast, Overreaction Sports Podcast, I think is actually what the title of it is. Search it, find it again, uh, rate it, review it, subscribe to it, do all that wonderful stuff. But ladies and gentlemen, this has been the Overreaction Bill's Sports Podcast, uh, brought to you by the Market Dominator, my good friend John Spazcheck. You can reach John Spazcheck if you're in the market to buy or sell a house. 
You can find him, uh, or I should say you can call him at 716-570-3298, 716-570-3298, or you can email him at youreliteBroker at gmail.com. That email address, youreliteBroker at gmail.com. John is a great friend of mine. If you call him, or when you call him, I should say, uh, let him know that The Voice sent you. So uh, he, you, trust me, if you're looking to buy or sell a home, you will not regret giving John a call. Just want to say or give a quick shout out to uh, all the Buffalo Fanatics folks, all the Buffalo Fanatics fans, uh, all of you guys, uh, Ricky, Bobby, Pierre, Steve, Tilt Money. Like, thank you guys so much for this platform, the opportunity to that, that you guys give me to talk and overreact uh, about our Buffalo Bills. Your Buffalo Bills are four and one. That ain't so bad. Do me a favor. Also, mark on your calendar this Thursday night at eight o'clock. Jay Spence and myself are going to be doing a live on location Hump Day Hotline. Hump Day Hotline is moving this week only from Wednesday to Thursday, and it's going to be on location at Magruder's in Depew starting at 8 o'clock. We'll be there way before that. Come out, have a couple beers with us, spend some time with us. Let's talk bills. Uh, let's uh, just have some fun. It'll be live on YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. It'll also be live in the room. Would love to see you. I know there's some there's some big-time names coming out. I think Mookie Hawkins is coming out. Uh, Jim Ruther's coming out. and there's a bunch of other guys coming out as well, maybe Ranting Ron. So there, there's going to be some folks up in there. Excited to see you. It is limited seating capacity, so get there early. Uh, but you know what? We got the Chiefs. We're on to the Chiefs. We've got another primetime game coming up at 5 o'clock in the afternoon. I don't know if that's primetime or not, but regardless, at 5 o'clock in the afternoon next week against the Chiefs, Man, it's going to be a long week until then. But get excited. This football team, like I said, your football team is 4-1. and one, And the good news is, is I don't think that that team that we saw tonight is the team that we're going to see for the rest of the year. So with that, I love you guys. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll talk to you soon. As always, go Bills. Go Bills.